Welcome to Secrets to Victorious Living podcast. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. I'm Lucia Claiborne. Thank you for joining me today as we discover God's secrets to help you overcome life's challenges. This will help you become victorious in every area of your life. Today's your day to start walking in and experiencing a greater level of victory. As we begin today, I would like to ask you a couple questions that I have asked myself. First, what do you want from God? And second, exactly what does it mean to move with God and receive His benefits and His blessings? The word receive is translated to take, grasp, embrace, seize, or catch as one would capture a prize. So if you want to receive or reach out and take something from Father God, You don't reach out with your index finger and your thumb and barely hold on. Oh, no. You reach out and take it with both hands. You grasp it, embrace it, or seize it, and really take a hold of it. As I was thinking about that definition, I was reminded that we have to embrace every day and seize the day. We must take advantage of every minute of every day if we're going to move forward. I used to waste minutes, which added up to hours, which added up to days. Then, I worked with the lady that maximized every minute of her day. I would think, oh, I don't have time to do this project or that project before I leave today. But she showed me how to make the most of every minute of my time by using what God had given me and what he had made available to me. Now, I haven't totally mastered this concept, but I have come a long way from where I used to be. Today, I realize that I can accomplish much in just a few minutes, in five minutes or in 10 minutes. So instead of wasting my time, I've learned to seize the moment and make the most of it. Many people are failing today simply because they don't seize the moment and they don't take hold of God's blessings. They're barely reaching out. They're just barely taking a hold of his blessings. So if that's you today, I want to encourage you to open your hands wide, reach out in faith, and grab hold of the blessings that God has for you. And then, once you get a hold of them, release your faith to hold on to them. When you do that, the devil can't hold your blessings and he can't prevail against you no matter how hard he tries. However, it's up to you to decide to keep moving with God so that you can continue to receive all his blessings that he has in store for you. God is for you. He's not against you. And he's always ready to bless you and meet your every need right now, right where you are. However, he's waiting for you to make a decision to move. It's time to rise to the occasion. Today's the day to release your faith and receive whatever it is that you need or want or desire from Father God. I want to reference Isaiah 60 today and the first verse which says, Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I like this verse because it calls us to action, and ultimately, it calls us to victory. When you think about arise, you change your position. And in order to change your position, it requires a change of what you're thinking about 
or what you're focusing on. I'd like to break this verse down a little more because when Holy Spirit gave me revelation of this verse, it led me to breakthrough in my life, and my hope is that it will do the same for you. Let's look at verse 1 again. It says, Arise, shine. This subject of the address doesn't clearly appear until verse 14, for we see it is the city of the Lord, the Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Zion had been prostrate in the dust from the prophet's standpoint and covered with thick darkness. Now she is called to arise and shine forth as the day. Let's look at, for thy light has come. Zion can't shine with her own light because she has no light of her own having preferred to walk in darkness. You can reference Isaiah 59.9 for this part, but she may reflect the radiance which streams from the person of Jehovah God, whose glory has risen upon her. In thy light shall we see light. And you can reference Psalms 36.9 for this part. This passage spoke to me because I sat in or walked in darkness for many years in my life. I had no light or no revelation of God's goodness. Every day, I am so thankful that God has ordered my steps to bring me into the light of His glory. His glory reflects all His goodness. In His glory is everything we need. We just reach out with our faith and we grasp what we need from God with both hands and we say it's mine. Now at first we grasp it in the unseen spirit realm and then we use our faith-filled words to bring it into the natural realm. If you're going to rise above your situation and turn defeat into victory, you'll have to take that bold action by getting up and doing something. Now realize that as a born-again child of God, The fullness of the Godhead bodily lives on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of you. So you don't have to live a defeated life anymore. You don't need to live with a victim mentality or a defeated attitude because with God, He's already made you victorious. He created you to win, and you can do something about your situation. You are not hopeless. Your situation is not hopeless. I've heard some people say, I'm praying for God to do something about my situation. I'm just waiting on Him. Let me help you out here. If you have a friend that has said that, or maybe you've said that, you or they don't realize that they're wasting their time. Because I explained last week, God has already done all He's going to do about your situation or their situation. Jesus has already defeated the enemy for them and for you. Now they or you just need to arise, change your position, and take a stand against Satan and his attacks by using the name of Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10.13 tells us the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than what you can stand. When you are tempted, He will show you a way out so that you can endure. Well, the good news is that God has already made a way of escape for you. And now it's up to you to arise. Get up. Change your position and take bold action in the face of the enemy who's trying to defeat you. If you're going to rise up from defeat and gain victory, you'll have to exercise your faith with confidence. 
Unless your confidence is in God and His Word, your faith and your faith confessions are not going to work for you. That means when you humble yourself and say what the Word says and make your faith confession and then believe God's Word is backing it up, it will not return void. But according to Isaiah 55, 11, it will accomplish what you send it out to do. Now, some people are always saying faith confessions, but they don't realize they're a authority or they've not been confident when they speak those confessions so they don't get any results. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Have you ever told a dog to sit and they just pay no attention to you? But when you exercise your confidence and use your authoritative voice and you command him to sit, he'll obey you at once because you have that authoritative confidence in your voice. And you both know that when you speak, something is going to happen. It's the same when you speak to Satan. It's not the loudness of your voice when you speak to him, because sometimes you can be very quiet and calm and tell the devil to go in Jesus' name. Or you can be loud when you speak to him. Satan does not respond to the loudness of your voice. What he responds to is your confident authority. When you use the name of Jesus, when you plead the blood of Jesus, or you use the word of God against him. When you do this, he will flee from you, according to James 4, 7, which says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How many times have you faced the enemy with shaky faith? You know, you know that the word will work, but will it really work for you? You know, you didn't really have any confidence in standing against the devil, but you wondered, when I speak this word, is it really going to work when I speak it against Satan? Well, let's look at First. Samuel 14. We see that Jonathan had confidence in God's abilities. Jonathan was not concerned about the odds that were against him as he looked out over the valley from the cliff. That was irrelevant. Look at Jonathan's odds. Two men, Jonathan and his armor bearer, winning against the Philistine army. Those were not very good odds. In the natural, Jonathan had no confidence in winning against a vast army. But his confidence wasn't in fighting skill or in his armor bearer's abilities. Jonathan knew they could fight well, but his confidence wasn't based on that. He was putting his confidence in God. Now, on a side note, some Christians are accused of being conceited or full of pride because they believe in and put their confidence in God and His Word, and they speak His promise with boldness. But I want to reassure you that that is not pride. It's confidence in simply knowing Father God, knowing His nature, knowing His Word, and knowing that they have a covenant with Him. This is what makes Christians so optimistic in the face of seemingly sure defeat. When you have confidence, you're optimistic about what's going to happen when you speak the word. When tests and trials come, some people won't do anything to help themselves. It's almost like they become paralyzed because they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. They won't ask for help so they can move from defeat to victory. But like Jonathan and his armor bearer, sometimes we have to arise. We have to get up and change our position and take a step of faith to move from defeat to victory. Why not try? As we change our way of thinking and change our position and change our focus, 
God will meet us where we are and bring us into victory. Here's an example. As we enter this Christmas season, this is a time of year when depression tries to come on people for many reasons. It may be that you've lost a loved one or that they've taken their promotion to heaven and you may be missing them. That's natural. It may be that you've been laid off from your job. Your spouse may be laid off and now you're wondering how are we going to provide Christmas for our family? It may be unmet expectations and pain from people's past that they carry with them into their now moment. Actually, the reasons for depression are countless, but they all have that same effect on a person, which is to stop them from moving forward and make them feel like their situation is hopeless. I've found in my own life, one of the best antidotes for depression is to simply get up and do something. Wash your face. Get dressed. Clean up. When you do that, you'll start feeling better. And if you'll take responsibility for yourself and change your position by changing what you're focusing on, God will meet you there. We know that depression is caused by demonic activity. However, when you change what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on, and you begin reading your Bible or listening to upbeat Christian music, these are steps to resisting Satan. And as I said earlier, when you resist him, he will flee from you. As you take responsibility to take action in your life, You can't stay depressed. You'll get so excited, you'll realize that you have just overcome the enemy when you took that step of faith. However, let me give you a warning. On the other hand, if you decide not to do anything and you keep focusing inwardly, you focus all your efforts on yourself and your problems, you're going to experience more despair and more feelings of hopelessness. This is why Jonathan got up and started moving away from King Saul and the rest of his army. They were just sitting around with defeat on their minds when Jonathan decided to get up and do something about the situation. As soon as Jonathan and his armor bearer decided to step out, God stepped out with them and he helped them to win a mighty victory. Let's take a few more minutes and read a part of this passage because I believe the Word of God will stir you up. It will stir up the warrior on the inside of you, and it will give you hope to move forward. You can go back and read the entire story in 1 Samuel 14. However, I'm going to start reading in verse 6. It says, Now there were cliffs on both sides of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost. This looks like an impossible situation to me. Cliffs on both sides? This may sound similar to a situation that you may be facing, but there is hope. Let's keep reading. Let's skip down to verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man bearing his armor, Come, let us cross over to the outpost of these uncircumcised men. Jonathan was speaking faith here, and the uncircumcised men that he was talking about simply means that they did not have a covenant with God like Jonathan and his armor bearer had. Let's keep reading. Perhaps the Lord will work on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Verse 7 says, His armor bearer replied, Do all that is in your heart. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. Very well, said Jonathan. We will cross over toward these men and show ourselves to them. If they say, Wait until we come to you, then we will stay where we are and not go up to them. But... 
If they say, come on up, then we will go up because this will be our sign that the Lord has delivered them into our hands. So the two of them showed themselves to the outpost of the Philistines who exclaimed, look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes in which they are hiding. So the men of the outpost called out to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come on up and we will teach you a lesson. Follow me, Jonathan told his armor bearer. For the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. Then Jonathan climbed up on his hands and feet with his armor bearer behind him. And the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and finished them off. In the first assault, Jonathan and his armor bearer struck down about 20 men over half an acre of land. Terror struck the Philistines in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. Even those in the outposts and raiding parties trembled. Hallelujah. Does this not excite you? This is an awesome example of how God's drawn to individuals who will make a move of faith. So let's bring this example into our everyday life. Our everyday walking around, washing dishes, driving to work life so that we can enforce Satan's defeat and walk in victory this coming year. As you make your goals and your plans for the coming year, I encourage you to simply humble yourself before God and ask him to help you, just like Jonathan did. The word tells us that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by God, so ask him to direct your steps. Ask him to put you in the right place at the right time with the right people and then trust him to direct you as you take a step of faith. Just like God did for Jonathan and so many others in the Bible, as you set your vision and your goals and plans and then you step out, Holy Spirit will move with you and direct your steps to move you toward fulfilling your goals. It's when we move that Holy Spirit gets involved with directing our steps. You know, Jesus is our healer. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's our Deliverer. He's our Provider. But one thing that God and Jesus are not and will never be, and that is our chauffeur. Holy Ghost is our helper, but he's not our driver. You know, at some point in our life, we've just sat in our car, our car of life, and we've said, I'm just riding with the Lord. And he's saying, we're not going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen until you take a step of faith. Some people think that God's driving and we just ride with him. But this is not what the word of God tells us. This is not the way God operates in our life. God says, you drive and I'll give you the directions. You just crank it up and put your foot on the gas pedal, start moving, and I'll steer you. I'll tell you how to get where you want to go. God says, you drive, and I'll give you the directions. Now, that's just my version of 2 Corinthians 5-7, which in the Living Translation says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. And the New American Standard Version says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm reminded of Abraham as I say that verse. Abraham was called the father of faith. And in Hebrews 11:8 we read, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. So as you make your goals and your plans to fulfill your vision for the coming year, the next five years, ten years, you may not be able to see the, in the natural realm how it's going to come to pass. But, but God, 
I want to encourage you to take a step of faith. Until you decide to step out in faith and move, God doesn't have anything to direct because he orders movement and he's drawn to movement. So as you make your goals and plans to fulfill your vision, you may not be able to see in the natural realm how it will come to pass. But take a step of faith. Be like Abraham. Step out in faith. Until you decide to step out in faith and move, God doesn't have anything to direct you with because he orders movement. He's drawn to movement. So if you would like resources to help you build your faith, I invite you to visit my website, luciaclayborn.com, and sign up for my daily email, Faith Builders for Victorious Living, so that you can receive a daily dose of God's Word with a confession to build your faith. So, until we meet again, I want to remind you that all God's plans for you are good plans, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. He created you for success, and He created you to walk in victory. Then, He sent Holy Spirit to help you fulfill your dreams, fulfill your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. You may not know where He's leading you, but like Father Abraham, take a step of faith and don't be moved by what you see or don't see. You can do it, and He will help you do it. So until we meet again, have a great day.